All right, so we're picking up our series today, You Were Made For This, where we're looking at our identity and our purpose, how God has made each one of us unique with a unique set of skills, a unique set of gifts, and a unique calling and purpose that's going to bring us alive and make a difference in the world. And it's going to bring glory to God as we join in with his story. But today I wonder, like, how many of us hear that stuff And we don't know what to do with it because we're carrying something like we're carrying some frustration or we feel like like we're stuck or that life is on hold. What do you do? What do you do if you feel like, you, you? yeah, this is the person I'm meant to be. I have a sense of who I am, who God's made me and who he's calling me to be. But at the same time, that something has happened or a situation in your life means there's a wall in front of you or there are walls around you where you can't step fully into what you believe God is calling you to do. What if your life feels like it's stuck on hold? What if you're in neutral and going nowhere? How do you deal with that stuff? We've all had a sense of some of that this, this year, this last 18 months, haven't we? With COVID, COVID has done so much in so many ways to close in, close down, cut us off and put a stop sign over our lives. In so many different ways, whether you're at school, if you're studying for exams, if you're at university, in our work life, in our businesses, in our homes in our relationships, in our finances, almost in every area of life. And every, every person has found that they have a big stop sign in front of them. But maybe even for you, it goes even deeper than that. Maybe this has been a long time. Maybe there's something even deeper going on. Maybe you feel like you've been stuck in a dead-end job or a dead-end life for years. Or maybe no job at all, despite all your efforts. Or maybe relationship struggles or financial difficulties. Or maybe you're battling with with a long-term debilitating physical illness or mental health issues that put walls around you. What do you do when you're in that space? Maybe even like for some of us, like the daily grind of just getting to the end of each day feels like a struggle. And so any thoughts about a dream future feel like a long distance memory. Many of us know these kinds of places and it's painful and it can be endless and we can get to a point where we feel like we've been sitting and waiting on the sidelines of life for a long, long time. Well, if you're feeling any of that today, I want to encourage you. I want to say to you, like, God is not ignoring you. God has not forgotten you. God has not given up on you. God is not punishing you. God is going to be good to you. And like God, God himself, like, like God still believes in you. God is still for you. God is still with you. God still has a good plan for your life that he's working out even right now. This is not the end of your story. God is faithful and God will be faithful to you. And... There are actions you can take now. There are things that you can do to agree in faith that God's story of your life is a good one. And that can put you into alignment and cooperation with his plans. You can do things that are going to place yourself into his purposes, whatever your circumstances might look like, knowing that he will work things for your good. You might not be able to imagine like the future that is ahead of you. You might feel like you're stuck and you're proper stuck. But you can trust God and you can position yourself into his plans. So 
How do you thrive when you know you're not where you should be? And how do you trust God in the waiting? How do you hold on for his timing, knowing that he's good and he will bring you through? Well, we're in this uh, study on the life of Joseph. We're looking at the life of Joseph. So you might want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 20. Sorry, Genesis chapter 40. It's this passage that Kayla read so brilliantly for us earlier. We're at this moment where Joseph is thrown in prison. And he's in prison at the end of a long run of stuff that has gone badly wrong in his life. Like when Joseph is young, he's a rising star. And then there's this moment where his brothers, his own brothers, betray him. They want to kill him. They They sell him into slavery. Can you imagine what that feels like? And then in this place of slavery, like, he's then accused, falsely accused of assault, and he's thrown into prison on unjust charges. And when we meet him in Genesis chapter 40, he's been in prison for years. Like, this is properly bad. But we can, we can learn so much from Joseph about his attitudes and how he behaved, about how we can be in those waiting places. Last week, Matt shared how God's actions to Joseph were good. Like God was with Joseph in prison, even in the darkest place. God was kind to Joseph. God didn't, hadn't caused his suffering, but he was concerned for him. God showed him favor. God gave him opportunity, and things started to happen, and God gave him success, even in that dark place. God's attitudes to Joseph were good. God's actions to him were good. And this week, we're going to flip it around, and we're going to look at Joseph himself, and what was it that Joseph did What was it about Joseph and the things that he did that placed him into God's plans despite the situation he was in? And I'm going to share three ways that Joseph teaches us. Three ways that we can wait with purpose. Firstly, we can get our heart and our head right. Because, you know, one of the things that's amazing about Joseph, when you read this story and you know the history of it, and you find him in this place in prison, and years later, we have, at no point have we seen him complaining or sinking into self-pity or putting bitterness over himself. But he, he has a, just an amazing attitude of heart and mind. And as we find him in the prison in this moment, he's already proved himself like as a trusty administrator in the prison. His, his attitude and his, his approach to life has already been noticed and he's been put in charge of things. So when we're confined in our circumstances, so many times it can feel like we can't do anything, like we're stuck and things have come around us. We might not be able to change our circumstances, but we can change the way that we can react. And it's understandable to feel frustrated and upset, but we've got to be so careful not to let that turn into an additional prison. If we fester in that stuff, if we let like, self-pity and bitterness take hold, they put an additional prison around us. Like We can even just tie ourselves up in resentment. Don't put yourself inside a prison. But instead, we can actually, as children of God, we can learn to live within our situation, within whatever the walls are that are around us, and still be free. We are still children of God. We don't have to come under oppression and bitterness or hate or anger. Think of the old hymn, It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. So this isn't to deny the circumstances. Some of the places we find ourselves in in life are horrible. They're painful. We're not talking about living in unreality, but we are recognizing um, 
the way to deal with that and to bring these things to God. Psalm 13 is a great example. Let me take you through Psalm 13 and the journey that the psalmist takes us on here. It says this, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Have you ever been in that place? That might sound familiar. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? This is the writer being real. like He's, he's expressing what's inside of him, but he's bringing it to God. He's turning his complaint to God. And then he switches. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. He changes and he asks for help. He says to God, look on me and answer, Lord my God. He's looking up. And then he changes again and he does this thing. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your, in your salvation. There's a choice moment. There's a choice moment in this psalm where it switches again. And I choose to trust your unfailing love. And then again, one more. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Praising God for his goodness and his saving power despite the circumstance we're in. So if we can get our head and our heart right, if we can recognize the pain of where we're at, bring it to God, choose to trust him. Choose to praise him despite our circumstances. It's a wonderful and incredible thing that we can live inside some of the prisons of life and yet still be free. We can remind ourselves that God's promises are true. And we can let our head and our heart live in that place. So, getting our head and our heart right. And then the second thing that we can learn from Joseph is that Joseph joins in with God. Join in with God. Joseph is in a prison. It'd be understand, understandable, right, if he just pressed pause on everything, if he just stopped and he thought, right, it's over now. It's done. I'm just waiting here. But he doesn't. He doesn't put himself into standby mode. He doesn't press pause. He doesn't wait for like the ideal circumstances or the ideal situation to start serving God. But he gets stuck in. Joseph is He's active. He's switched on. He's doing stuff. He's looking for things to do. He's looking for ways to serve. And as I've said, when we join him in chapter 40, he's already in a place of being the administrator in the prison. Have you ever caught yourself thinking like, when things are better, then I'll be able to move forward. Then I'll be able to do this. Or like, when I've got enough money, then, this, then I'll be able to do this. When this situation has sorted itself out, then I'll be able to do this. When I'm, when I, when I'm at peak performance, then I'll be able to do this. Folks, all of us only have the moment that we're in now. And the best place to join in with God, the best place to discover your purpose and move into God's plans is right now. And the best situation to do that in is the situation that you're in. And it's into this monotony of waiting and serving in the prison that this moment that we're in 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 chapter 40 happens. Chapter 40 is the the moment with the cupbearer and the baker and something, some moment happens. And it's, it's good to look at what Joseph did in this moment. Like, um, firstly, he was awake. In verse 67, it says this. When Joseph came to them next morning, he saw they were dejected. This is the cupbearer and baker. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in the master's house, why do you look so sad today? It's quite remarkable, actually, when you think about it. Like, 
Joseph, he's in the prison. He's got all this stuff going on of his own, but he is still switched on to what God is doing. And he's still switched on to other people and other people's emotions. It would be easy for him to be walking around the prison with his head down, wouldn't it? Imagine what it would feel like to be Joseph, but he's not. He's already got his head and his heart right. He's lifted up his eyes. He's looking around at him. He's seeing what God's doing. He's noticing people and he chooses to join in. There's a moment where he asks what's going in. He asks how he can help. And then he does the gift that God has given him. He, he uses the gift that God has given him. Joseph is good with dreams. And so this moment happens where it becomes a, it becomes a dream moment. And Joseph switches on again and he's like, yes, this is it. I, can, I know in this place that God can use me, that God is going to do something. And he steps into this moment and he steps in boldly. He does some courageous stuff. And so in our circumstances, wherever we are, let's be alive to what God is doing. Let's be looking for little signs about what God is up to. And even in the dark places, often that's where God is most at work. Waiting isn't a stop sign. You can find purpose in the pause. Maybe you don't find yourself in a place where you can do everything, but you can do something. You know, maybe you... Maybe you have an amazing gift as a strategist, but you've not yet been put in charge of strategy and vision for your company. But you can pray for, a, pray for a friend and pray strategically over their life and pray prophetically into their future. You know, some of, like, some of the most amazing mums and dads are people who are never able to have kids of their own, but either adopted or fostered or loved and cared in other ways and became the most amazing mothers and fathers. So let's get our head and our heart right. Let's not switch off, but let's join in with God. And thirdly, Joseph learns to trust God's plan for his timing. If we skip forward to verse 23, there's this moment where the chief, where it says this, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Now, if we rewind in this moment, this is, this is a moment that comes like after many years of Joseph being in captivity. He's been, he's been a slave, he's been in prison, he's been in prison many years when this moment happens. And you can tell, right, when you read this story, that Joseph, is, he, he senses something's going on, like, this is it. This is the moment I'm going to get free. This is, God is doing something here. He's using these dreams. I'm going to get free. And he says to the cupbearer, remember, when you get out, remember me. In other words, take me with you. I'm coming out too. But it doesn't happen that way. God uses this situation, but he doesn't use it in the way that Joseph hopes and expects. And in fact, from that moment to when Joseph finally comes out of the prison, it's two more years. And so Joseph, in this moment, he has to learn to wait again. God was taking his time with Joseph. And even though the cupbearer thought like he was invisible against the cupbearer, he wasn't invisible to God. And God was working in the background. Like God was teaching Joseph patience. He was saying, just a bit longer. You can wait longer. And he was teaching him that God himself is the rescuer. God is our rescuer, not the cupbearer. The cupbearer wasn't going to get him out, but God was. And then he knows, God knows what we don't know. God knows ahead. God knows what Joseph is coming into. God knows that there's this moment coming in two years where the Pharaoh needs somebody to look after the finances of the whole country. And God knows that Joseph isn't ready for that. God, only God knows like the level of responsibility that's suddenly going to come on him. Only God knows. And therefore, only God knows when Joseph was ready. 
And so don't be discouraged. Like God rarely does things in our time frame and under our, uh, uh, <coughs> in the time that we would hope. But when we go through the prisons of life, we learn that he is with us. He's able to st- sustain us. He will bring us through. He's greater than our problems. And he does have a plan. And when we're faithful to God in these places, we're able to experience that level of greater growth and come through stronger into bigger things. God is forming something in us, in the waiting. Sometimes waiting feels like forever, but God is working in the day-to-day. If we think about Joseph then in this, like it's been 13 years he's been in captivity. From that moment where his brothers turn against him, his brothers resent him, his brothers sell him into slavery, there's this moment where Joseph deals with the dream with his brothers And in dealing with the dream with his brothers, his brothers want to kill him. And then 13 years later, he's dealing with a dream with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh wants to lift him up and put him in charge of all this stuff. It's incredible. It's the same gift, but used in a completely different way. And the refining fire that Joseph has been through has turned him into a completely different person, using his gift in a completely different way. And he's released into a completely different future. So, in our place of waiting, we need to learn to trust God and his timing. Job 23.10 says this, But he knows the way I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Romans 5, 3 to 5. But we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And we can actually be glad in that, through, in that place of pain, God is developing our character and we will come through stronger. So when we're carrying this stuff and we have a sense of who we are and who we're supposed to be and where we should be, we can't, we, and we find that our life is put on hold when things come around, when blockages happen, when we find ourselves stuck, when unfair things seem to come against us, We can wait with purpose. We can get our head and our heart right. We can choose to join in with God and we can learn to trust him for his perfect timing. We might not be able to imagine, just like Joseph, he couldn't possibly have imagined the future that was going to open up ahead of him. We might have no idea how we can get past even past the end of today or past this situation or past this moment where I'm stuck or past the, the thing that's in front of me that is so frustrating but we can trust God and we can position ourselves into his plan for our lives. Why don't we pray together? Yeah, let's take a moment. Maybe where you are, where you are, you might just want to close your eyes. You might want to lift up your hands. And God, we bring our lives before you right now. God, thank you that in this moment you have not forgotten anybody. Nobody is invisible. And wherever we are in our lives, wherever space we're in, whatever's going on for us, whatever we're battling for, whatever we're coming against, you you know and you are with us. Thank you, God, that you are with us. 
why don't you, in your place right now, just say, thank you, God, that you are with me. Thank you that you are here. And maybe we just might, might want to name some of the things that we're struggling. Remember in that psalm, we can bring things before him. So maybe we might just want to name some situations. Maybe some of us are just tired. We're tired of all this situation we find ourselves in. You might want to just express that. Maybe something's happened that is it's just so painful. Let's bring those things before the Lord now. And Lord, we pray your, your arms of love would surround us. Your arms of love would envelop us, would carry us, would lift us. Thank you, God. And, and let's choose in this moment to trust. Let's remember again, God is all-powerful, he's almighty. He knows the beginning, he knows the end, he knows your story, he knows how you're made, he knows every part about your life. And so we can say to him right now in this moment, God, I trust you. I trust you for my future. I trust you in this space that I'm in now. Thank you that you've got me. Thank you that you've got me. And Lord, we pray as we, as we pray that, we pray you pour out your help where we're stuck. Lord, we know you, you have a destiny that you call us all to. And so we pray whether there are things in the way of that, whether there are things blocking our future, there are things holding us back, Lord, we pray freedom over our church family right now. Freedom into new spaces, walls coming down, spaces opening up, future possibilities coming through. In the meantime, Lord, we pray, teach us to praise you. Teach us to lift up your name. Teach us what it is to be faithful in these moments. Give us a heart of praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen.